This is a warning to all living mortals that whosoever opens this chest of demons will release 13 of the most terrifying ghosts upon the face of the earth. A big hello to all you mystery solvers out there, and welcome to Heavy Metal, a podcast about Scooby-Doo. I'm your host, Ethan Brundine, and each week, myself and a guest will take you through a mystery from somewhere in the vast history of the greatest cartoon of all time. My guest this week is Roxy Sylvester, and the episode she has selected to discuss is the very first episode of The 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, To All the Ghouls I've Loved Before. Roxy, welcome to the show. Hi, Ethan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on and taking time out of your day to talk about a silly episode of Scooby-Doo. I always appreciate it. Yeah, of course. This is it's quite a silly one, isn't it? <laughs> it very much is. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, Roxy, you know, this is the first time we've covered... Um, 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo on this show, you were the one to introduce it to the heavy metal audience. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big honor, you know, cause this is kind of the, uh, the, the weird one, you know, and out of, there are a few weird ones, but this is like the number one outlier in the, in the Scooby-Doo history. Had you, did you have any experience with 13 Ghosts before this or, this is kind of like a new entry. So, I I don't really know how to answer that. I was I was always a, a Scooby Doo kid, um, c- kind of. I watched the reruns on Cartoon Network or wherever they ran. I was really big into the uh, the VHS Renaissance, uh, as you call it, um, the four uh, the four movies, uh, and. I think I watched a pup named Scooby Doo, you know all that stuff. And Thirteen Ghosts, I I legitimately I don't remember if I'd ever seen it, but it always stuck in my head as the one that was kind of crazy. It was the one like the high concept show. It was you know missing a lot of the gang, which I know was a big thing back then, but it felt different because this was like an ongoing uh, show. Um, so like for the last 15 years, it's just always been in my head as like, I should really check out 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo and also tell everyone I know who mentioned Scooby-Doo in my vicinity, hey, have you ever heard about the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo? Um, yeah. When I watched the this for the episode, uh, or yeah, when I watched the episode for this, I was like, I don't know if I've ever seen this before, which was an odd experience because uh, I legitimately don't remember anything about it except for the opening. I remember yeah. that very vividly. I also am um, a 13 Ghosts neophyte because um, this was the one that did not get rerun when I was a kid, at least. Like, it, it never played on Cartoon Network or Boomerang. Um, and the uh, they didn't... The DVD wasn't as, like, common to find in Walmart as, like, you know, like the, the Where Are You or the, even, like, the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries or whatever. Like, those were... You, you can even to this day you can go to a walmart or a target or whatever and those box sets will still be there but this one is kind of harder to find and is you know like it's only streaming on boomerang right now like the others are on netflix or hbo and stuff like that but this one you have to 
to get into the uh, into the the weird realm of boomerang in order to to watch it if you want to watch it you know legally or whatever well and then re- yeah, really quick ahead. i do want to say it is available to stream on uh tubi tv um, oh really it um, is uh, that's excellent i am a big proponent of tubi tv tubi I, tv uh, yeah it's uh, i love love tubi I, I think it's a good fit tubi is like the odd duck of the streaming yes, service family yes. and this is a good it's a nice home for this uh yeah i i i needed a spot to to watch it and i noticed it was on my old friend and uh complete with commercials not yeah, from obviously perfect. from the 80s that would have been nice but yeah but yeah yeah tubi's great i watch uh i often will throw will throw on tubi at like a midnight before going to bed and, and scroll through their truly bizarre and random selection of movies <laughs> until i find something that I don't really care about that much, but I will, I will watch cause it's just, it's, it's a vibe, you know, Tubi is a vibe for sure. It, it has, it has the strange, the strangest stuff. It, there's stuff on there that you'd be like, this should be on Disney plus, or this should yes. be on, you know, Netflix, but it is on Tubi. Um, I think they just added Looney Tunes back in action, which is a great get. It's a great film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing is that they have like, real movies like you can watch like taxi driver and boogie nights and things like <laughs> yeah. that on there but then also you know they have like <laughs> like an endless stream of red box core horror movies and like <laughs> like really random comedies from like the 70s and 80s that nobody's ever heard of <laughs> just is it's it's all in there you know it, right uh, it kind of is like kind of is is keeping the spirit of uh like like your blockbuster video type situation alive of just like it's all there you gotta go digging it's just random random stuff yeah it's all there um it's whatever they want you to watch is there you just have to like pick and choose yeah yeah i love to be well i'm glad glad to hear it i uh i hope that our that all of my millions of listeners out there <laughs> listening to this episode, you know, take that as a, uh, as a way to watch the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo. So you had, so like, what was your understanding of what the show was before you watched it? Like what, what did you know about it? Um, I think I knew the core premise that it was, uh, there was a chest full of 13 ghosts that, uh, were released i don't know if i knew it was specifically um who released them i don't want to spoil the episode yet but uh (laughs) i i I think i knew the basic premise um i was kind of shocked at what this first episode ended up being yeah uh and honestly i think i i've dug a little bit into like the show in general and just like what each episode was vaguely so i was a little surprised to learn that it, it it seems to me like it's way less serialized and I expected yeah. I expected the 13 ghosts to be like this group that all hung out and you know schemed together but yeah. it seems way less uh intentionally connected than that but um yeah I knew it was like a mini series of like a specific concept with like a hard end to it uh yeah. which is odd for a cartoon like Scooby-Doo yeah yeah um it 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 was the first time that they delved into um, 
into kind of a a narrative that extends over multiple episodes. But um, as you say, it is it is very much a loose frame on this on this series. It kind of just is like the premise extends, and then each episode is just you know whatever random antics that the the writers could come up with at that time um i think that more out of any of the shows this one feels the most like written on cocaine or something like that <laughs> <laughs> like it just is it is it's zany it's it's they throw everything they've got into the into the stew as it were and it just is like it it, it is kind of indescribable i'll be honest with you yeah um just the general tone and vibe of this episode uh the pilot is just like like you said it's all over the place they're just throwing everything they can think of at it as if they're going to get canceled after every single episode they're like we yeah, need yeah. we need werewolves we need ghosts we need uh vincent price we need yeah. scrappy do we need magical uh mystery cream that can f- cure werewolfism and also fuel a jet it's yeah <laughs> extremely odd yeah 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 i mean i i will say you know like this is the end of scrappy do this is his last show before he is excommunicated and they <laughs> pretend that he never existed right <laughs> um, and i this this is his best show in my opinion because like the, the, the it is just, like he is a comedic character and during this time period they were really leaning into the show being about scooby shaggy and scrappy's stupid antics which is kind of the least interesting part of scooby-doo in my opinion but i think it works best in this show because as you as you say you know they're just trying everything so it it, it moves like the pacing is so fast that the jokes have a snappiness to them, even if they're not good all the time. They at least are have the pacing of jokes. Whereas, like, if you go back and watch, like, the Scrappy-Doo show or whatever, it's so slow and boring and bad. <laughs> but this is has, I think, the energy that they may have intended whenever they came up with the idea of sort of a third sidekick. Right. Um... I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at his uh, his page on the Scooby Doo wiki. What is it called? It's called Scoobypedia, yes. and uh, I noticed that after this, the only three things he's in are the Boo Brothers, Ghoul School, and Reluctant Werewolf, which are main staples yes. of my Scooby Doo childhood. Those yes, were like yes, yes, yes. on rotation. Um, and I don't really remember him being particularly annoying there. I don't really. It doesn't stand out as like I hate Scrappy Doo. Yeah, I mean, he's barely in those. Right. right? Um. He, I actually have not seen the Boo Brothers, but like I don't remember him really being in, um, in yeah, Ghoul School, and I don't know if he, like does he stick around for the race and stuff and Reluctant Werewolf, or is he just there at the beginning? I'm not. I I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, I haven't who knows? Seen that <laughs> in decades, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels more like at that point they were like, well, he is like you said, he's a sidekick. He's not the main event, and yeah. um, I couldn't speak to the earlier stuff. I don't think I really watched any of this the uh, like the Scooby and Scrappy show, but that feels way oh, more. Oh, you robust. gotta, Roxy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta go back and watch it all. Uh, You'll yeah. love it. A lot of them. Um, yeah it just feels like he's probably more centered which i don't think that kind of character is uh 
he's a, he's a one that. he's a one joke character so it uh, it works if you do that one joke once an episode but if you're trying to do it every two minutes it does not work when when the joke is in the name i think you might have a problem <laughs> with the character you created you know yeah 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 that's true that's true um there are so yeah like this is this is at the end this is a a new as we've said this is a new take on the scooby-doo formula and one that is much needed after i mean scooby-doo has been going for 25 years at this point like this is the uh, the exact midpoint so like it's gotten tired you know like it's gotten long in the tooth they tried to just remove the mystery stuff entirely in the later years of the Scrappy-Doo thing and just be antics, and that very much so did not work. <laughs> um, right before this, they brought um, Daphne back for like a brief little show called The New Scooby-Doo Mysteries, and that was just like Scooby-Doo without Fred and Velma, but they were at least solving mysteries at that point. Mm-hmm. And then this time, they, they really... Uh, shook everything up and and redefined what scooby-doo is like you know this is the one where there are no unmaskings whatsoever right like the monsters are real the whole time and that is you know is this the first flavor is this the first time they've done that because i i hadn't realized that the ghoul school boo brothers and reluctant werewolf which are real monsters if i if i'm not mistaken were yeah. after this so is this the yeah. first scooby-doo series where they or anything where they're real monsters well no not exactly um in the bad seasons of scrappy-doo um most of the time there's not a monster at all it's just them like like doing sitcom premises like there's an episode where shaggy accidentally asks two girls to the dance right <laughs> like it is it is terrible but oh, then every geez. once in a while you'll get lucky and there will there might be a monster it's still bad but at least there's a monster but usually right. those are not unmaskings either it's just them running away from like bigfoot or aliens or something like that for okay. seven minutes um but this is the first time that that, that like as a as a core premise of the show the monsters are real and um you know like it's like a full 22 minute episode dedicated to you know this is the first this is the first and kind of the only time that um them being ghostbusters as it were um is the is the premise and the text of the show right it's also it's also super interesting because um you when they get into the vhs era uh, those premises, obviously, they're all real monsters, but they're all predicated on they don't know that there are such thing as real monsters. It's kind of a surprise, and they're waiting for the unmasking. And this is just totally like there are ghosts, and they understand this at the onset. Yes. There's yes. no onboarding for them. Well, it is. I mean, it's entirely different, you know? Like, the, the character designs are different. Daphne looks bizarre, like completely different. <laughs> um, she's wearing like a a janitor's outfit the whole time and has his thick 80s helmet hair yeah (laughs) and uh shaggy of course is in his his red shirt which will become iconic later on as being like the staple of the weird years when 
the shirt they, carries over into those TV movies. Yeah, um, when they bring back the red shirt in Cyber Chase, when I tell you, yeah. it hits every time. It's great. It's a, it's it's a great reveal. It's a great moment and a great idea. Yeah. I guess the Thirteen Ghosts wasn't iconic enough for them to have the uh, the Daphne doppelganger look like her in that version, but yeah. right. Red shirt is enough. It's it's clean. It, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the other thing that that they bring in this for this show is they bring in Vincent Price. You know, as kind of an <laughs> old man, they bring him in as the narrator slash fifth sidekick of the show. <laughs> He's playing a character. He's playing Vincent Van Gogh, but he looks exactly like Vincent Price and is you know talks like him and. It, it is Vincent Price, basically, but they just, I guess they they thought kids would find it more fun if it wasn't, he had a, a fun, silly name. Do you think, um, do you think kids knew ahead. who Vincent Price was in the 80s? I don't, I don't know, maybe, <laughs> um, you know, like, I'm sure those movies played on reruns late at night or whatever, um, so maybe if they, they stuck up late at night they could watch a rerun of house of wax or something i don't know um, right you recently watched your first vincent price movie for this that wasn't like you know like the great mass detective or something like that right um yeah i watched uh, house on haunted hill yesterday uh and it was quite an experience um very campy yes, uh, yes. i was i was really into it he's hot just gotta say yeah. it gotta get out of the way um yeah. got a great presence there absolutely um, yeah it was really interesting um obviously i've heard of him uh i think honestly the first time i'd ever really seen him in a movie whatsoever was when i watched great mouse detective for the first time earlier this year um yeah. in which he is just he's acting he's not doing yeah. a vincent price persona um so it was really interesting to get the back-to-back of here is vincent price playing a vincent price character and then here is vincent price in his prime playing mm-hmm. the character that everyone starts associating with him yeah yeah um, yeah it was really cool uh i i really i really dug it i think the only thing i had been exposed to before that was maybe thriller um yeah which I wanted to double check and Thriller came out a few years before the start of 13 Ghosts. So I, I can understand why Warner mm-hmm. Brothers or Hanna-Barbera have been like, let's get that dude in here. Kids, kids like Michael Jackson, right? Let's yeah, get... it makes sense. They were yeah. like, you know, like the kids like Thriller, so we'll get him in there. The <laughs> Ghostbusters movie came out last year, so we got yeah. to capitalize on that. Uh, it, it clearly did not um, hit the zeitgeist like they wanted to. But yeah, Vincent Price, yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a cool dude. Yeah, um, House on Haunted Hill is a movie that I really love, mainly because it the plot is the same as my favorite episode of Scooby Doo. Where are you? <laughs> um, like the the you gotta stay in the haunted house all night, and if you you know make it out, you win a bunch of money. Is just such a fun classic concept that, as far as I know, was invented in that movie. Um, but I do really like it. And just the other day. I watched the remake from 99 okay. on 2B TV. Wow, look at that. And I'll tell you, that movie has got a bad rap when it came out, but it actually is very, very fun. Um, it gets the tone right, and while, while translating it into like an R-rated movie, so like it, it does its own thing, and then also... Um, like 
like understands what made the the first one fun and special. Like it, it gets the campiness correct while also being a fun nineties, uh, you know, gritty horror movie. It's a it's a real it's a real blast. I would recommend it. I I definitely I saw that and I really wanted to check it out. Um, it seems like a premise that could very easily be done in the nineties. Uh, and it's got a, a great yeah. cast: Jeffrey Rush, uh, Fam yep. Fam Jensen, uh, Peter Gallagher. That's cool. Uh, mm -hmm. It's on yeah. my list for sure. And clean 93 minutes. I can't tell you how exactly. nice it was to throw on a movie and it was 75 minutes long, the original. Oh, yeah. It oh, was yeah. breeze. It's the best. It's just the best. Um, okay, you know, I guess that's enough preamble. We might as well get into this episode itself. <laughs> it's a lot um, to talk about. Yeah, yeah. So something that I like to do is with each week you know we're jumping around from series to series from all these different eras so i like to kind of give some background into what was happening in the world when the episode comes out mm -hmm. in order to uh to you know kind of situate us in a place in time right so this episode premiered on september 7th 1985 and some other things that were going on in september of 85 are Golden Girls premieres its very first episode. Wow. Are you a Golden Girl girl, Roxy? I have never really seen an episode of Golden Girls, but I respect I respect yeah, it. For sure. When I was a kid, I loved Golden Girls. My my parents thought I was weird cuz like every morning before school, I would watch <laughs> reruns of Golden Girls on TV Land at like 6 a.m. and wow. then you know put on my little backpack and go to school or whatever at like nine years old but it just is a, it's a really fun smartly written show i think in a way that most people would not expect you know like i feel like golden girls kind of has a a, a, a people look down upon it because of the premise of the show or whatever but it actually is right it's um, great it's very fun it's one of those old sitcoms that if I ever uh, or when I start dipping back into like the old sitcom, well, it's up there, uh, like top five ones I want to I want to visit. Um, I always the one thing with Golden Girls, is I always expect it to be older than it is. I don't know why. It just seems like the premise would yeah. take place earlier than the 80s. But yeah, you would think so. But I guess yeah. not. Oh. Um, and then some other things that happened are Walt Disney World sees its 200 millionth guest in 1985, mm -hmm. which I'm sure has only grown exponentially since then. <laughs> and nah. then, um, yeah, yeah. Actually, that was the last one. Yeah, that was that the was last, last one. No one ever went back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then uh, finally, uh, Super Mario Brothers is released in Japan. So what a huge. time to be a kid. What a Huge. time. Yeah, yeah, for real. I mean, honestly, you know, 80s nostalgia or whatever is played out and annoying, but, like, if I was a kid growing up and during this time period, I get it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I get why they're so obsessed with the stuff they loved as a kid, because it's very fun. It's all, all good stuff. I mean, video games were essentially redefined then. Like, how do you not look yeah. back and go, wow, what a better time, even though it's very clearly not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that's the thing like you know just stick to the media or whatever and you'll be good don't uh yeah that's why it's it's fine to you know relive it now because we're not actually living during that time <laughs> when, <laughs> you know 
yeah, America did not care about social justice whatsoever. <laughs> Maybe yeah. the most selfish time in American history, the 1980s. For sure. <laughs> and even with media, you just have to be a little bit, uh, you can't be too critical and you have to pick yeah. and choose. And then you're yeah. rose colored glasses, you know? Yeah. Uh, probably, yeah, stay away from like movies that were made for teenage boys. That's kind Absolutely. of your, yeah. That should be your, uh, your, your cutoff there. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so so this episode opens no theme song. No theme song. It just starts with um with on Vincent Van Gogh giving us a sort of a preamble um and he is predicting through like this sort of soliloquy that the chest of demons is going to be opened very soon. Um yeah, very dramatic. Right off the... Yeah. Uh, can I can I ask a question right off the bat? Yeah, go ahead. Where is he? This castle <laughs> does not appear again in the episode. He is not living in this castle. He exists out of space and time, Roxy. You know? Yeah, he is an ethereal being, one that that sees all and is you know just a good friend. I think really like I would I would love to be pals with with old Vincent Van. Think cool, yeah. Uh, yeah, um, he, he exists first and foremost in our hearts, yeah, I think. For sure. Um, but you know, we cut from this this dramatic tone setting opening to uh, a a sign that says "Welcome to the Himalayan Mountains," <laughs> written in English, <laughs> of course, um, which is very of course, helpful. Of you know, if you were lost in the Himalayas, you would want to know where you are. Um, and that is, it, but you know, it's also you would also want to feel the comfort that you are welcome there. Yeah, it's a place for you. <laughs> there's a couple, there's a couple of meddling kids who I think would have uh, done well to see that sign yeah. Yeah. Uh, at some point prior to the beginning of this episode. But I'm glad that I got to see. Yeah, it. you're right because unfortunately, Shaggy and Scooby were taking their pals Scrappy and Daphne on vacation. And they think they're going to Honolulu. <laughs> they think. You know, they put they put Scooby Doo in charge of the navigating. So you know, he's he's a dog. He can't read, so he tried his best. Honolulu, it's, Himalayas. What's the difference? Exactly, exactly. Something that's interesting is that they, um, you know, in every other iteration, they would be driving through the Himalayan mountains um, in the mystery machine. But instead, in this show, they fly. In the mystery flying machine. The mystery flying machine, yes. Which is infor- which is a, a, a plane. You know, it's a it's a propeller plane. <laughs> it's unfortunately not designed like the mystery machine. Like I wish it had, you know, the flowers and the colors and everything. But it's just kind of like a normal normal looking plane. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I might be mistaken, but I remember it just looking like a cargo plane. Yeah. Yeah. Almost. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy. Uh, I guess Daphne is like canonically rich, yeah. right? I would. I was okay. expecting her to be flying. To be honest with you, because like you know that seems like a you know rich white girl things to have taken flying lessons when you were in high school or something and learned how to fly a plane. But instead, Shaggy's in charge, and that just does not sound seem like a good idea to me. <laughs> like, well. Well, first thing I want to say is that I think Daphne in this show seems to just be operating purely yeah, on vibes. Yeah. She doesn't seem to really care about what's going on. Uh, and second, Shaggy doesn't seem to be doing a, a bad it's job. True. He 
is actually flying very well for uh, how he's yeah. usually portrayed. Um, and I want to give him credit where it's due. He do, he does not do anything incorrect as uh, vis-a-vis Maybe the it's flying. One of those things were like, um, you know how uh, sometimes you'll you'll find like a really a really someone who's really dependent on marijuana, and they like are able to focus more and do um and and like perform tasks better whenever they are high as opposed to when they're sober like like the effect switches over so maybe like like shaggy becomes like a a a pilot mensch if he if he uh, you know partakes of marijuana beforehand yeah <laughs> Does does a couple puffs and suddenly he's exactly. able to fly the skies. Um, that kind of is see the premise of that. Like he is up there <laughs> hot boxing and causing everyone to just get astronomically high. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, uh, with something I found out about the sequel show, the sequel yes. movie to this, uh, which we can maybe talk about later. But it angered me greatly, and I I would like it more if they squared off squared it off with he was high the whole time. We can talk about it now. Um, so like you know the premise of the thirteen ghosts is that these ghosts get out and they have to go find them. All thirteen ghosts. There are thirteen episodes, but in this in this episode, um, they release the ghosts so they don't capture one. So they actually only right. ever capture twelve ghosts. So that was left. That was left as a hanging thread for like twenty five years until like twenty nineteen. Yeah, when they made the sequel movie, which I have not seen. I will full disclosure have not watched that. Uh, I was I was going to try, but I didn't get the time, so I read up a synopsis. And um, do you spoilers are fine for it? <laughs> You're good. Okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, they just completely retcon the idea that these are real ghosts in that. I, oh yeah, I do remember hearing that. V- yeah. Velma goes on an explanation about how the entire group was just hallucinating, and I find that extremely upsetting. Um, there's also a couple funny things about how, uh, dip, like, uh, it, it's operating off a very specific continuity, which only includes certain Scooby Doo things. So apparently, um, like Velma doesn't know who Scrappy Doo is when they mention Scrappy like offhand because Scrappy is not in there. Um, and I think even, uh, I think that's I think that's it. Uh, and then they recon they can recon a couple of other things, um, and it's it's disappointing. I, I'm guessing at that point, yeah. at this point, because that's pretty current. Uh, Warner Brothers is like, no, they can't be. They can't be real. And it's like, come on, that's fun. Yeah, yeah, that's the fun of it. It's the fun of the, what makes this show strange. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering if they did that in the sequel to Zombie Island too. If they just completely retconned the idea that they were real monsters. I don't think so, but I also have not watched that one either, mm. unfortunately. I really should have and should do so. But just kind of when it came out I was like, I don't know about this. I don't I don't feel <laughs> right watching this. Yeah, they don't um, they don't seem respectful enough to, you know, one yeah. of the best animated films ever released. Come on. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Um, while our, our our heroes are in the sky, we um, we are introduced to, I guess antagonist is a bit of a strong word <laughs> yeah. for these two, but um, our um, you know our ghost pals Bogle and Weird who live in the uh, in this creepy mountain temple 
Um, and they're just these two bumbling ghosts. You know, one of them's kind of round, and the other one looks like a pair of a, a, a piece of string cheese. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, they're just they're just chilling, and they're kind of in charge of of keeping watch over the demon chest, which is what is holding these thirteen ghosts at bay, the thirteen evilest ghosts in the world. Um, and the goat the the chest starts glowing red, so that they know that that means that some living people are coming to open the chest, and the and the chest can only be opened by a living soul. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, is that you know nobody would ever be stupid enough to open the chest, except for the stupidest people on earth, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently, Shaggy and Scooby are the the bottom of the barrel, dumbest people on planet Earth. Which you know, I guess I can't argue with. Yeah, them. one of them's a dog, and the other one is helplessly baked. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess exactly, that makes sense. Exactly. Um, so they they need to kind of set some things in motion to get to accelerate this process and get these fools there sooner. So weird. Uh, uses his ghost magic or whatever to tap the fuel, uh, the fuel tank of the flying mystery machine, and now all of a sudden the gang are you know in in free fall. The, the the plane's gonna crash. Right. Does not seem that urgent though. <laughs> no. Uh, well, Shaggy and Scooby are like, you know, obviously they're they're the first to to try to get off. I think they say cowards right. and and uh, canines first is what they say. And right. uh, that doesn't go well, but uh, Daphne and Ch- uh, Scrappy, you're just kind of like, oh, we'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks. Actually, you know, it's a good thing that um, Scooby and Shaggy try to get out and mess up because they wind up saving all their lives when they use the, they open their parachutes inside the plane. Um, you shouldn't do that. That's not. No. <laughs> That's not a regulation, no. you know. That's not what they they train you to do when you got your pilot's license, Shaggy. I assume you got it at least. <laughs> um, but you know the uh, the the parachutes snag on the tail of the plane, um, taking the, the the two idiots with them. But they wind up creating a like you know like a a drag car or whatever. Um, they create you know the the drag system right. of the. The parachutes slowing them down for Daphne and Scrappy, who apparently are also able to fly a plane, um, <laughs> who are able to then pilot them to safety in the nearby town of Ursulvania. Love that. Ursulvania or Ursulvania? I think it's Ursulvania. Um, yeah. You're forgetting one important detail in that uh, Scooby has a uh, inflatable duck that happens to just yes. <laughs> get really big at this point for some reason, which also you know yes. helps weigh the plane down. Uh, I'm not sure why he has that or how it gets that big, but those are questions. He likes from, the ducky. Yeah, they're, they're, those are questions for more uh, knowledgeable people than me. Well, yeah, I mean you want to talk about random continuity in a random episode of what's new scooby-doo shaggy is the one who has a giant inflatable rubber ducky that he loves whoa (laughs) so yeah things just uh it's 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 fluid you know it's it's a fluid it's all (laughs) scooby-doo is just all vibes i think that's right that's exactly right um 
you know, you really shouldn't try to dig too deep into this stuff, but we're going to because we got to talk about what's going on in Ursulvania. We meet the only character who we haven't discussed yet, um, another recurring character who only exists in 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, Flim Flam. I hear, as from what I understand, people love Flim Flam, right? He's like a fan favorite. Am I... (laughs) Am I wrong in that? I, I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. <laughs> I think people hate him if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. I mean, people don't like yeah, people don't like Flim Flam. <laughs> but he's kind of gotten the uh, the he's kind of gotten away scot free because you know the Scrappy Doo hatred is just sort of expanded beyond people who have seen the show. You know what I mean? I, like you go up to anybody, you're like who's Flim Flam? They'll like you know they'll take you to a insane asylum yeah but if you if you mention scrappy Doo, even if they've never seen an episode they know who you're talking about and they know that he's they frothed the mouth <laughs> um, do you think that if james yeah. gunn was able to make a couple more movies do you think flim flam would have been like the secret villain of like scooby-doo 4 i don't know maybe i mean that would make more sense than scrappy Doo, i guess yeah uh, <laughs> yeah it could be um roxy what do you think of our pal flim flam he's this very short, but very precocious child. Yeah. Who lives up to his name as being, you know, a, a little thief and a wise talker. He's a criminal. Um, yes. He's he's fine. I mean, he's, a, he's yeah. annoying, but he also has magic powers, I guess. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, really know where I stand on it. He gets... He, I will tell you, he gets worse as a show. I can imagine. Time. That is easily uh, picturable to me. Yeah, he becomes the scrappy of this show in that he's he is the, the star, and it's like his bit is not funny, and stop trying to make yeah. it funny. So it just is bad. You know, I I conflicted feelings on Flim Flam. On the one hand, I don't like him at all. <laughs> <laughs> on the other hand, uh, he is the only person of color to be a member of the Scooby Gang at any point. Yeah, um, but, I guess yeah. You got to give them credit. This feels like it, it is a step or two away from being incredibly racist, but they managed to hold back enough to not necessarily go there. Well, I mean, you you have the thing Maybe. of him being the only person of color in Scooby Doo, but then also he is a philandering con artist. That is true. <laughs> he's all. He's also the only person of color living in this little village community in the Himalayas. Yes, 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 exactly. And exactly. he's not even from here. Yes, inexplicably, um, the, the town of Ursulvania is like... A, British. A Bava- yeah, it's like a Bavarian <laughs> British colony out of the 1800s where everyone rides on horses and, and you know, wears monocles and things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, in, like... Flim Flam looked like a person from Mongolia or, you know, like the Himalayan region, you know? Like yeah. He has those features, um, but he is still an outsider in this community. Maybe if we want to be charitable, I my fan theory is that he is a criminal on this town because he resents them colonizing it. That, that makes that, sense. That's totally yeah. fair, I think. I think that's totally fair. Um yeah, I think that that's a that's a good little <laughs> candid. Um, what yeah. he's doing is he is selling his patented lots of luck joy juice. 
absolute fools for not buying <laughs> this by the gallon, apparently. I mean, when I hear lots of luck, joy juice, I, um, my first thought is, um, how much can you sell me? And, you know, like, do you sell by the gallon? Right, exactly. Um, I, props to the writing here. Uh, I didn't catch it, but when I was doing a little dive on, on the wiki, I noticed that I think a quote that he has when trying to sell this is that it can be used as rocket fuel, it's which true. does come into play later. Yeah. You gotta, you know, yeah. sometimes they, they manage to write the episodes in a way that is consistent. Sometimes. It's true. Um, you know, he, <laughs> the, for some reason, the people don't want to buy this, this miracle juice. Um, but, you know, at this exact moment, the mystery flying machine comes crashing into town flim flam uses this as his, his great exit and snags a ride and the, and the plane finally ends up in front of the the demon temple where you would think our the rest of our story will begin here you would think <laughs> i mean you've gotten the 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 necessary characters all in the right place all in the same place you know, we know that they have to get into this into this temple and open the chest because that's what Vincent Van Gogh said would happen at the beginning of the episode. So let's go. Let's open the door. But the door's locked. Right. And locked. the uh, the members of the town have followed them up here. And they're going to arrest them. <laughs> and they arrest them for, uh, I think it's landing, uh, crashing in a no crashing zone. Yes, yes. <laughs> And speaking with a criminal, <laughs> not like harboring a fugitive. They, it's just the fact yeah. that they were talking to Flim Flam. <laughs> yeah. He um, hopped aboard their plane, so they must be at fault. Exactly, exactly. So now we cut to um, a courtroom scene. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, you know, law moves very quickly in Ursulvania. Because <laughs> um, it's not even like nighttime yet. And we're already in court. No, yeah. With the Honorable Judge Burgermaster. Now, Roxy, is this a joke? Um. Okay, so I did a little bit of research, and it seems like there are definitely uh, um, things called burger burger misers in uh, European villagers. I don't know mm -hmm. what they are, sure. but it seems like it's a real thing. Um, so it could I, I, feasibly be a surname. <laughs> Right. I, I want to say, though, that when they said the name Burgermeiser, I said, I think maybe not out loud, but definitely in my head, I was like, that's a funny name. And then immediately <laughs> afterward, the show was like Burgermeiser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. If it was just that, like, that's a that's a fun little joke or whatever. Mm -hmm. But instead, they have to have a runner of like, you know, he or he says order in the court. And then and then Shaggy's like, I'll order in the court. I want 30 burgers or whatever. And it's like, OK. So, so according to Google Translate, Burgermeister or Burgermeister is German for mayor. What? Yeah. So he's the mayor of this town, but also the judge. But there's also a different mayor that we see. Well, clearly the writers of the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo didn't do their research. <laughs> Fair enough, I guess. <laughs> um, uh, um, this, this scene is over as quickly as it has begun and the uh you know they're they aren't sentenced to jail or anything they are simply ordered by the judge to leave to before leave the town sundown um <laughs> which fine 
Thank you for this bizarre non sequitur. It does not, did not need to happen, but whatever. How did Flim Flam get here? How has he not been here for more than a single day? Yeah. I, it, there's, it yeah. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Um, so <laughs> now they go back to the temple to get in their plane and leave. Plane is missing. It, it has somehow gone. been dra- drug into the temple, and then the doors were shut behind it. So now you think, okay, <laughs> that was a weird little diversion. But now they literally can't go anywhere else without their plane. Yeah, they're back at the temple. Here we go. We're gonna get into the temple. We're gonna get this this episode started. Here we go. Temple's locked. It's still locked. They can't get in. <laughs> um, they don't try to sneak in. They don't try to break in. But they uh, they are in luck because Flim Flam knows a mystic back in town who knows how to get into this. <laughs> he knows how to unlock temple doors. Yeah, so um, we got to go back to town, I guess. There's a lot of antics here with uh, with the two ghosts who I yeah. kind of I like them. I think they're, yeah, fine. they're fine. They're fine. In moderation, they they are good. I think. Yeah, um, uh, I haven't I haven't seen the old um, Universal movies with Abbott and Costello, but that's the kind of vibe they give yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That that is their bit, one hundred percent. Yeah, I will say I didn't really think about this until just now. Um, but Shaggy is wearing a short sleeve shirt this whole time, and they're doing a lot <laughs> of walking around in the Himalayas. <laughs> like. He is so blasted yeah. that he just doesn't feel the cold, I guess. I mean, he's he's a legend. You know, he's unstoppable yeah. in that sense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, it's like those memes uh, that exactly. were, yeah, yeah. God shaggy, except yeah. he reached that by smoking so much. And, you know, in a lot of those memes, it was red shirt shaggy was the one that they wow. were showing. So, yeah, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, They... Go back to town. Um, we're, we're treated to sort of a Dungeons and Dragons esque like tavern <laughs> that they go into, where you know people are looking at them all suspicious. But they go into a back room, and that's where we meet in the flesh, Vincent Van Gogh, who apparently is best pals with this this child con artist. <laughs> this is perhaps I think the strangest scene in the whole episode. Um... Because they go to see him, and he is uh, cooking in a cauldron, and yeah, he says – he's cooking dinner. And then Flim Flam says, hey, it's me, Flim Flam. I have some live ones. As if he can't see Flim Flam, he, he – like <laughs> Flim Flam has to remind this old man who he is. And at that point, he puts a table over top of the, the dinner yes. he is cooking. But also this establishes that Vincent Van Gogh is also – a liar, right? You know, like, he's like, hey, I got a couple of live ones. I brought a couple of suckers for you, right? Yeah. But then he brings out his crystal ball, tells the future, and he's correct. So right. getting mixed messages from old Vincent Van Gogh over here, I think. Also, how does Flim Flam know Vincent Van Gogh if he doesn't know the town are, is werewolves yet? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> It really does not make any sense at all. That's <laughs> um, great, but yeah, I do like it. Um, it's it's it's. I do. I mean, it's Vincent Price. I like that he's here. Yeah, he's, he's great. He brings job. great energy. But yeah, as you say, he tells them the story of this town. The reason why they need to get out by sundown is because 
every night the villagers transform into werewolves. A common, why not? yeah, common werewolf lore is that it happens every night. Every night, every and night. it's be- and it, and they don't tell you this in like the old werewolf movies, but it's specifically because of a curse placed on them by a chest of thirteen ghosts. That's yeah. in every werewolf movie, but you don't ever see it. It is. It is. You know. It's. It's. It. Well. The, it's one of those things with you know like. Do we need to see Spider-Man's parents die again? Yeah. Right? Like it's everybody knows the story. They're just they're not going to insult us by having to talk down to us and explain. Yeah, do you need to see the 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo again? Come on. But that is our halfway point, Roxy. Still okay. haven't made it into the temple, but we do get to <laughs> play a fun quick little game roxy fun for just like a bit of a, a a palette cleanser so this game is called scooby or not scooby okay and the premise is that each week i i get a list of titles um and my guest has to tell me whether or not it's an episode of scooby-doo or something else and uh for you know to because we did 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo this week, I decided that the theme should be, is it an episode of Scooby-Doo or a movie Vincent Price was in? Okay, this is this is good. I like this. So, are you ready? Mm-hmm, yeah. Okay. The Haunted Horseman of Hagglethorn Hall. Ooh. Um, I'm going to go with Vincent Price. That is a Scooby Doo. Oh, so I've got okay. I've got plot synopses for both the episodes and the movies. So okay, this uh this wait just wait till you hear this. Okay, <laughs> so a phantom knight is haunting Scottish Hagglethorn Castle, the ancestral home of famed American musician Davy Jones, which has <laughs> since been relocated to the United States. His uncle believes he has no choice but to hand it over to his cousin, the Duke of Strathmore. But Mystery Inc. is looking to solve the mystery. So, there's a ghost in a Scottish castle that Wait, happens to be the home of an American musician. In America. Yes, they, he, who has flown the castle brick by brick back to the United States. <laughs> and so did that come. Which uh, which show is this from? That that is the new Scooby Doo movie. So that was like the first okay. um, yes. time, the first iteration with the uh, guest stars. So okay, yeah. cool. Monster Club. Oh boy, I- I'm gonna go Vincent Price again. That is Vincent Price. Okay. A writer of horror stories is invited to a monster club by a mysterious old gentleman. There, three gruesome stories are told to him. Between each story, some musicians play their songs. Sounds like a little fun movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> scream and scream again. Oh, man. Vincent Price. Yes. Okay. A serial killer who drains his victim's blood is on the loose in London. The police follow him to a house owned by an eccentric scientist. That sounds very good. I need to watch that one pretty soon. That does sound pretty good. I that that I need to look that up too. The creepy creature of Vulture's Claw. Uh Scooby Doo. That is Scooby Doo. Okay. 
While visiting Vulture's Claw Botanical Gardens, owned by one of Velma's friends, of course, Professor Greer, the gang confronts a seven-foot-tall praying mantis that roams the grounds and is scaring away Professor Greer's associates. Curtain call at Cactus Creek. Uh, Scooby-Doo. That's a Vincent Price. Ooh. Traveling entertainer gets mixed up with bank robbers. Short and sweet. Right to the premise. Yeah. The Hand of Horror. Vincent Price. That's a Scooby-Doo. Dang, these are hard. While on a pizza run, the kids run into the Von Gizmo estate where they encounter Ratfield, the Von Gizmo twins' ex-assistant who claims they stole his secret invention. Wow, these okay. really... They, they really have the same vibe, these titles. They really, really do. Like, I yeah. mean, this, this segment does not always go this well, but they, uh, they, they're they very similar. The Unnatural. Okay, that one, that's got to be Vincent Price. I can't imagine a Scooby-Doo title being that short. It's a Scooby-Doo. Oh, my God. It, it's a baseball episode. It's a pun on The Natural. Oh. <laughs> Okay. The gang go to a baseball stadium to see Luis Santiago break Cab Craig's home record. However, the ghost of Cab Craig haunts the stadium, putting both the players and the game at risk. That doesn't sound like a Scooby-Doo episode to me. And not my Scooby-Doo. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Last one, okay? You ready? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Goldfoot and the Bikini Machine. Uh, Vincent Price. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Vincent Price. Skirt-chasing SIC agent Craig Gamble and millionaire bachelor Todd Armstrong set out to foil mad scientist Dr. Goldfoot's plot to use his army of bikini-clad robots to seduce wealthy men into signing over their assets. That sounds remarkable. That sounds like a certified banger right there. Sounds very sensitive, and um, like it holds up really well. Also, like... Picturing the three men that you mentioned in that like description, Vincent Price playing any of them excites me. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it sounds incredible. Yeah. Um, I bet that one's on Tubi. <laughs> oh well, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Back to the episode. You know, we've learned the legend of the villagers are are werewolves. The gang wants to get out of town but they can't because they are stopped and are treated to a live show yes uh they don't really resist too hard after they're told they're not allowed to leave (laughs) this is out of an episode of a lot of non sequiturs and strange moments this is the most inexplicable bit in the entire show (laughs) Um, they 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 watch a lounge singer named Gulio, <laughs> Gulio, who looks like a vampire, uh, he emerges from a coffin and sings a song titled "To All the Ghouls I've Loved Before." Of course, incredible stuff. Incredible stuff. He's only got the one verse, but he sings it over and over again. Um, he's not very good. <laughs> no. Uh, you know they are just enchanted. Um, you know, Daphne is so enchanted, she orders a drink. She's like, I'm here to stay. Let's go. Julio <laughs> rules. Let's go. Yeah. As I mean, you say, she's here for the vibes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's just going with it. She's like, I can't leave. I guess I'll just have a have a 
have a brewski. Yeah, she orders um, a drink, doesn't even ask what's in it until after she started drinking. <laughs> um, I, they are, she's been served wolf's bane. Isn't that the stuff that turns people into werewolves? Uh, as you it's... say, Scrappy, yeah. yes, but you know nobody <laughs> believes that classic legend we all know. <laughs> yeah, just like it's, you know, werewolves come from Wolfsbane that you drink out of a beer mug and also from the 13 uh, ghost chest that's up the street. Yeah, everybody knows this. Everybody knows um, These are the things we all know, Scrappy. You don't need to just bring them up every time. <laughs> God, what a bad character, just bringing up things we all know all the time. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, and wouldn't you know it, they had so much fun watching Gulio's performance that the sun went down while they were sitting here. <laughs> and everybody starts turning into werewolves, including our best pal, Daphne. Including Daphne. Um, it's really quick. I do have to give a shout out again to the Scooby Wiki because as I was like brushing up on the plot synopsis, uh, I realized I'm not going to read it out loud, but I want to tell everyone who's who's listening to this to go to the to all the ghouls I love before page because the synopsis for this episode is written as if someone created this and is making fan fiction. <laughs> it is the most flowery descriptive language I've ever read in my entire life on a plot synopsis with the page. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it like, yeah, look at this. The creepy showman continues his song, enchanting Scooby, who starts to sing along, not noting Gulia's transformation into a werewolf. I think where it gets to me is uh, when it's describing Daphne turning into a werewolf, it's she begins to morph, ears and nose extending, fur pouring from every pore, her teeth sharp into points, and jaw extends into a muzzle. That's like yeah, yeah. AO3 stuff right there. Yeah, I will say, um, Roxy... Uh, after this, if you want a fun internet rabbit hole, um, by the way, Boy. by the uh, by the idea of Scooby Doo fan fiction, they're oh, no. linked. After after I started doing the show, you know, I spent a lot more time on the Scooby Doo wiki, of course, and and I know mm-hmm. how to you know bookmark so I can get to it for quick access. But on the front page, they have. The show, uh, they, they have, you know, like, their affiliated wikis, right? You know, like, how, you know, a Star Trek wiki might be affiliated with, like, a wiki that's just about the movies or something like that, right? So, partnered mm-hmm. with the Scooby-Doo official wiki is the Scooby-Doo fan fiction wiki, in which people have lovingly written out uh, scripts for episodes that don't exist. Like, they create their own concept for a Scooby-Doo show, and then they write their own plot synopses, and then some of them go so far as to write, like, the actual screenplay. Or teleplay, I guess, because it's a TV show. But, like, it is very in-depth. It's a, it's a small community that's been doing this for, like, 10 years since they were, like, kids. And they all know each other, and they all, like, comment and, and, and like, review each other's episodes, and it is wild. Um... Very few of them are good or even like uh, literate, but I can't, you know, I can't fault them because they probably were children doing this, you know. Um, but I just think it is like a beautiful thing and really sweet, and 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 I've spent many a night these past few weeks, you know, kind of digging in and and, and being just in love with what I have found. That sounds absolutely incredible i'm going through right now and looking at it and 
uh, all of these episodes have chase yes. songs yes. too, yes. Uh, including um, uh, well, I just missed it. Where was it? It was um, uh, oh, I think it was uh, Hi Puffy Ami Yumi had a song yes, on yes, here. Yes, I yes, saw. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> that um, is incredible. There's a Daphneism. I didn't know this was a thing. That's a thing from like um, in the in the Be Cool show, Be Cool Scooby Doo, which premiered in 2015. They introduced uh, a character trait from Daphne's that each week she is into something new. Some she has some new bit, right? So like one week she's like, this week I'm into puppets, or this week I really want to become a professional fencer or something like that like something that that just gives her a little color for the episode and these people who were writing their version of the show um came up with their own daphne bits for each episode too like it is in depth oh they go they, they put the work in this is my new obsession thank you're, you you're thank you so much I, I you know if any of them are out there listening respect keep doing what you're doing i love it i love it yeah um but back to the episode, uh, you know, Daphne turned into a werewolf. Everybody's a werewolf. They're 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 scared. They're running away. They uh, they managed to to break into the sewer of Ursulvania, and only werewolf Daphne is the only werewolf that follows them down there. So now you know, oof, we've got some real drama here, Roxy. They're trapped in in an enclosed place with their best friend. <laughs> she's turned into a, 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 a monster. She, you know, she, she's, she's ready to kill indiscriminately. What are we, what's going to happen? I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm biting my nails. I'm so scared. I, 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 I've, I've spent <laughs> my whole life with these characters. I've grown up with them. I, you know, I'm worried. I'm worried for my, for my yeah. friends. And uh, I, I um, before we <laughs> reveal what happened, I, um, when I rewatched it, I was like, you know what? I don't really remember. How did Daphne stop being a werewolf? <laughs> it, it completely left my mind. I must have looked down at my phone for a second because I'm sure you'll explain yeah. what yeah. what happens here. What happens is uh, Flim Flam goes, don't worry. Take some lots of luck joy juice and squirts it on her and she immediately turns back into a person. <laughs> it's totally okay this is just a waste of two minutes i guess <laughs> it's a waste of a whole yeah, half yeah, of an episode yeah. too because he just uses it on the townspeople yeah, later yeah. why did you do this earlier dummy we saw you had a whole cart why did he run away from them why <laughs> yeah he has gallons of the stuff but you know, whatever, we're all good. So now, now, now we're gonna go to the temple because Fine. you know, as as Daphne tells Shaggy, you have two options: you can either go into the temple with me and get get our uh, our plane, or you can stay here with the werewolves and be eaten. So naturally, yeah, they're gonna go to the temple. He says. How about option C, neither, and then runs into the temple? You're right, you're right. Anyway. Uh, you know, once again, mixed messages here. Um, I, you know, he's just, sometimes I think Shaggy just says things. I don't think he really... I think, you know, I think he might be one of the stupidest people on the planet. <laughs> that's, 
that's totally fair, Roxy. You're right. You're right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're right. Referring to weird. Um, or, uh, yeah, so so Bogle and Weird have drilled a hole into the door of the, the temple, so they're able to climb through. They locked the door. I don't. Why do they have to drill a hole in the I wall? I, I mean, Roxy, I have <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, you know, um, you know, they they try to barricade, but a group of werewolves gets through anyway. Don't worry though, because Flim Flim's got lots of live toy juice or whatever. Transforms them back into into people and an ox. So even the oxen were cursed to transform wow. into werewolves. These ghosts are really mad. They really are. They, they, <laughs> I mean, can you blame them really? I wouldn't want to spend my eternity locked in a chest. Sounds bad. Sounds bad. With 12 other people? That yeah. sounds even worse. Yeah. And let me tell you, these are some real characters. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Um, so now the mayor explains the legend to us again for some reason. Don't know why. Tells Scrappy that it was the ghost that cursed them and that, you know, he's actually very happy that they did this. You know, that they cured him <laughs> or whatever. Um, I would have hedged my bets if I were him, you know, because, like, you don't know how long lots of luck joy juice lasts you know yeah if, you know it's a classic snake oil thing that they you know they only give you a little bit and then you're you get addicted and you need to come back for more right seems like a that's his that's his game seems like a classic flim flam grift but uh you know once again you know the gang is split up and and uh and the mayor's explaining this to them and you know Daphne's like, oh, how awful. But the mayor's like, oh, don't worry. You'd have to be the dumbest person alive to open the chest. <laughs> Uh-oh. Where's Shaggy and Scooby? Oh, no. <laughs> and honestly, you know, where's Shaggy and Scooby indeed? Because they open a door and suddenly they are on a TV set. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, for once, have had the... Twice in this episode now with the... Uh, with the um, the Gulio fiasco and now this they've had their classic bit of you know dressing up as something and tricking the ghost they've had it flipped on the on their head you know they've had it they're they, they're getting a taste of their own medicine here and they don't even they don't even realize they, they just can't see past their own experiences exactly. it's also really interesting that the ghosts like know exactly how to trick yeah. them into opening this chest yeah. up these ghosts are Crafty. Yeah, because you know we see our pal Weird. He is uh, he's in disguise as Haunty Mall, the host of. Wait, what is it called? Haunty Mall, the host of. Make him squeal. No, let's make him squeal. So, you know, vaguely pun of. Yeah. Let's make a deal. You know, they kind of mm-hmm. only half-assed it there, I think. But at least it's better than Haunty Mall, which is a terrible pun. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like... It's not even a pun. Yeah. It's just it's just the letters flipped exactly. around. But, yeah. I've never seen Let's Make a Deal, but my understanding is that, you know, you get it's the classic thing if you get to trade, you know, you, you get some sort of a prize and you can go home with the prize. Or... You can trade it for like what's behind door number one, right? Like it's like it, that's where the classic door number one thing comes from. It's this show, let's make a deal. Okay, it's the it's the show that um, uh, Wayne Brady is currently hosting. 
I've definitely, I've definitely seen that on TV once or twice sure. in my life. Of course, of course. I think Let's Make a Deal is also the classic one of like where people would dress up in costumes because they wanted to get picked, you know? Um, like right. That kind of thing is also from Let's Make a Deal. Um, cool. But, you know, so they've gotten a new, the, the prize that they are playing for is a brand new car, Gooped, a uh, Ghoul Deville, I think is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Recoup de Ghoul, I don't know. Whichever one it is, it's not funny. In Something ghouly. <laughs> um, but uh, they, behind door number one is their own plane. So classic, great prize. Something you already technically own. Um, behind door number two is a double-decker doggy dream house with a installed uh, fire hydrant for your own personal use. And then behind door number three is what's in the box. And the box being the chest of demons. So, Roxy. I don't think um, I don't think David Fincher talks about how much of an inspiration this was for the end right. scene of I mean, Seven. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I mean, he should, yeah. he should pay up, you know? He should, he should uh, at least, you know credit them in the uh, in the in the credits you know yeah and pay his respects to the to the so roxy you know you get this this bright pink coupe de ghoul mm-hmm. and you have these three other right. prizes what are you doing roxy what's your choice you know it's that's a tough question because i could drive out of there or i could fly out of there I don't know how to fly, and I think that I would be more scared to do that than drive. So I think I would take the car. But that box, though. Well, but also, I don't know. you're What's barely on a fire hydrant, Roxy. Yeah, but but what if there's a fire hydrant in the box? That's a great point. You gotta go for the box. I I think you, you gotta, gotta go, you for, gotta the go for the box. It's what it's yeah, how they yeah, get you. Yeah. I don't know why they call Scooby and Shaggy the dumbest people alive because you'd have to be the dumbest person alive not to go for the box. Yeah, it could be it could be anything. That's a deal yep, right yep, there. Exactly, exactly. Scooby and Shaggy open the box and kind of a weird prize, I think. Um, you know, thirteen evil ghosts <laughs> coming out of it. Yeah, you know, they can't all yeah, be winners even. Yeah. Like at some point the box is gonna yield some pretty diminishing yeah. returns and unfortunately that's the thing that they decided to put yeah. to film. Let's here. make it let's make it squeal was probably, you know, sponsored by the thirteen evil ghosts company or something like that. So they had to get rid of these. Yeah. They knew people wouldn't want them if they just, you know, had them on display, so they had to put it in the box. It all makes sense. They put so, it in the box. If you watched if you watched last week's episode of Let's Make a Squeal, it was like a chest of gold. Or yes, something, exactly, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And that's they get you thinking that's what's gonna be in there all the time. And right. Shaggy and Scooby made the, the economical yeah, decision. Yeah, yeah. You, you gotta you gotta hedge your bets. Um but yeah, this is a problem for them for whatever reason. I don't know why. Yeah, I would I would make the best of it. But the ghosts <laughs> get out and um you know, we're really flying over the the, the resolution here <laughs> yeah, they, they spent a lot of time on the werewolves and not a lot on the central conceit of the entire show but whatever <laughs> um, the ghosts escape uh vincent van Gogh shows back up yeah. and says hey what's up um by the way you gotta go catch those guys <laughs> um you know fine yeah. print you didn't you didn't 
check the release form you signed when you were agreed to be on a, let's make a squeal but you uh you you now have to go around the world and um and capture all these ghosts but don't worry um you know here's a crystal ball i i will guide you through it at least you know so he's he's gonna he's gonna give him a helping hand he gives him you know this this magical crystal ball to daphne which is nice it is nice that's nice um apparently that crystal well not apparently i noticed that crystal ball in the plane at the beginning of the episode um and I was like, "That's interesting. Why is there a crystal ball on there?" And then later on, it's like, "Here's the crystal ball. Like, it goes in your plane." Well, maybe they have two. Yeah, maybe this yeah. is like that thing's like, "Oh, go another one." The crystal. That crystal ball is what she uses to to talk to her parents back home. You know. Yeah. The one on the plane, because you know they didn't have cell phones back then, so she had to bring along a crystal ball to talk to her she... parents and say, you know, hey, what's going on? Yeah, we were supposed to go to Hawaii, but actually, the, these two idiots crash landed us in the Himalayas. But you know, making the best of it. Yeah, she probably looked at the crystal ball that Vincent uh, Van Gogh gave her and was like, "This is what, this is what kind of crystal ball you use? This is <laughs> this is a poor crystal ball." Yeah, this is this is kind of trashy, but yeah. I guess I can take it. It's like a Motorola <laughs> razor or something. Yeah, but you know, don't worry because we're in luck. Um, Flim Flam's gonna come along too, which is great. <sighs> but yeah, um, they uh, he you know, he's, he uses the rest of his lots of luck juice to fuel up the plane, and we're out of there. Um, you know, Bogle off to to catch some ghosts. Yeah, Bogle and Weird are joining them. They thought that they were gonna be welcomed into the Demon Club, but they were steamrolled literally. And now they're on the plane waving by as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's a good, I mean, it's a good ending for a pilot, I think. Yeah. it It's interesting because usually pilots um, are like front loaded with uh, all of the, the lore and right. what have you. But this episode's like, well, do we have to get to that? <laughs> um, it's a different, it's a different take and I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the other segments, something else I real I I came across on on uh, my little journeys was um, there is a comic book that came out yes. a few years ago. It's called um, Crisis on Infinite Scoobies, I think, or something. Yes. yes you know yes, about this? Yes. Um, uh, yes, I have not read it, but I'm familiar with its uh, its contents. Well, I know that. Um, okay. Again, do, do we care about spoilers? No, okay. no, I know it. Okay. Um, you know, if you, uh, I know what happens in it. If you are a Scooby Doo fan out there and you have not read it, I would recommend it because it seems to be right up, you know, our alley. Yeah. Um, so you know, maybe skip ahead a little bit, but go ahead. I just, um, well, the first thing I wanted to mention is that uh, apparently, uh, when the Thirteen Ghosts iteration of Shaggy, Scooby, and Daphne meet the other Mystery Incorporated members, uh, they don't know who Fred and Velma are because this iteration yes. never met fred and velma um also the villains of that include uh vincent van gul and flim flam i think as yes. forgotten side characters who never got a chance to shine which is a really great premise for a scooby-doo thing i think yeah the premise of this comic book is that uh the gang teamed up with uh bat mike and scooby mike this is part of the uh, the dc team up with scooby-doo series that they had going on for a while and they take them through kind of like different dimensions to meet the other iterations of themselves um 
And yeah, as you say, in this in the canon that is established by this comic book, that in this version it is actually a different Daphne, you know, Velma or Daphne, Scooby, and Shaggy who never actually met um, Fred and Daphne. Yeah, I have to read those Scooby comics because it sounds like the right kind of people are writing them. Um, Some of them are pretty fun that I have read. Um, I haven't read all of them, but you know. They're cute, right? They're for kids, but they're cute. I wait, um, when you're messing with the with the series as weird as this, and it's and it's chronology and it's canon, as opposed to you know, uh, doing uh, guest spot episodes that are streaming exclusively on Boomerang. Then I gotta give props to you, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, I agree. You know, it's a it's a it's a wild menagerie of of. Um, stuff that you could play around with with scooby-doo yeah you know? i always love to see them uh try out weird things and creative things yeah um speaking of weird things maybe not creative things we'll see um it's time for everybody's favorite <laughs> segment of the show jinkies or stinkies oh so, boy roxy this is yet another quiz and uh, the way this one works is that each week I collect a couple of st- a series of stories, always six stories, stories or facts or mm-hmm. things in general that relate to a topic in the episode. And th- some of those stories will be real and some of them will be fake that I made up. The real ones are jinkies and the fake ones are stinkies. Right, right. So the topic this week is Tales from the Himalayas. Because okay. that's where... Our story takes place. Interesting. So, cool. Are you ready? Yes. Morris Wilson, a British mystic and aviator, was known by those close to him as being eccentric. Despite not having extensive experience in either flying or mountaineering, he planned a solo trip to fly to the highest point on Mount Everest and then to climb the rest of the way to promote the idea that you could solve any problem by fasting and having a strong belief in God. His body was found alone in a tent surrounded by his writings in the 1930s. There's no way to know for sure. Most people assume he died of exhaustion or starvation, but some people believe it is possible that he died on his descent, so he died on his way down from the summit, and therefore was in fact the first person to summit Mount Everest. I'm going to say jinkies for this one that is true it's a true story it's actually very interesting um i you know did not do it justice because i had to keep it short Mm -hmm. Um, i would really recommend anybody uh look into it because there's a lot of really weird and fun stuff going on with with morris wilson morris wilson okay moving on cannabis although illegal in india grows wild in the himalayas local villagers harvest the plant to produce hashish hashish whose illegal sale they rely on to survive. Cannabis is deeply rooted in Indian history and culture going back thousands of years. In sacred Veda texts, it says that Lord Shiva would go up to the mountains to meditate and chill on a bed of cannabis plants. Oh, boy. Um, I'm going to say jinkies on this one, too. It's also true. It's also true. Looks like... You know, Shaggy would fit right in. Yeah, really. Right place. But cannabis isn't the only unique plant growing in the Himalayas, Roxy. Oh. Yartsa gumbu, 
otherwise known as the Viagra of the Himalayas, is a fungus <laughs> that subsides off the larvae of the ghost moth. According to ancient Tibetan texts, the consumption of the fungi will earn you, quote, the delights of thousands of women. In Chinese markets, it sells for more than $2,000 an ounce, meaning it is more valuable than gold. At least two recorded deaths have been attributed to people fighting over who has the rights to harvest and sell it. <sighs> this feels like it could be a stinky, but it's so specific. Um, I'm going to go up my gut again and say jinkies. It's a jinky. <sighs> You're correct. You're correct. Nice. One of the longest running mysteries in the Himalayas is that of the so-called Skeleton Lake. Scientists have estimated that the skeletal remains of several hundred people are scattered around the lake with no definite answers as to how they got there. What is so mysterious is that the bodies appear to have come from all across the world and from a wide range of time periods, with more than a thousand-year gap between the oldest and the most recent. Some people think they were travelers whose bodies were collected by landslides. Others think it was a graveyard kept by some long-gone peoples, while still others suspect perhaps something more paranormal is at foot. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do stinkies for this one. I think it's a jinky. Oh, another one. Another. Okay. One. Yes. Yes. Wow. Fun. Fun little mystery. It's scary. Uh, yeah. Next up. So many people visit Everest each year that many of the various guys stayed there year-round, actually spending more time above breathable altitude than below. So what happens if you lose your toothbrush or you want a new hat? Well, Amazon does make deliveries to Mount Everest, but it is very expensive. The packages are delivered by truck to the last highest road. Then the packages are taken by sled dog through the snow to an outpost known as the highest Amazon distribution center in the world. <laughs> There, there, it is one guy's job to take the packages, attach them to a drone, and fly them up to their respective recipient as long as they are below the uh, the, the height limit that a drone can go. Ah, oh, jeez. Oh, man. That sounds so fake, but on the other, you know, like Amazon is weird. Uh, stinkies again, stinkies. That's a stinky. Okay, okay, okay. You're right. You're right. <laughs> that could. That's so plausible, though. I believe that. Could yeah. Happen. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Joel, Ber this is last one. Joel Berger, professor of conservation biology at Colorado State University, is a maniac, but a well-meaning one. He focuses on bringing awareness to conserving animals in some of the most inhospitable places on Earth, including yaks in Mongolia. As ice recedes, Berger hopes to figure out what will happen when bears that live in the Arctic of Siberia have to move increasingly inward towards the Himalayas. So naturally, he decided to study this by putting on a bear suit and walking right up to yaks to see what they will do. Is that a jinky or stinky? That's a jinky. That's a jinky. You're right. Nice. You're right. That's That was too... Work. That, I can see someone doing that. I can see someone doing that where I live in New Jersey. <laughs> I think you got all but one correct. Yeah. So very good job. Very Thank good you. Job. Um all we have left to do, Roxy, is rank this episode on our official heavy metal tier list. So there are five tiers. Starting from the bottom is the rut row tier. So that's you know, the absolute worst of the worst. Just terrible, terrible episodes. 
Scooby Dumb is right above that. That is the tier um, named after Scooby's unfortunately named cousin. That is for episodes that we don't like so much. They're kind of stupid or annoying, but, you know, they're not the absolute worst. They're not offensive or just terrible. You know, you could maybe one day foresee watching it again. The middle of the road tier is called the Just Another Mystery tier. That's for Just Another Mystery. You know, like it follows the formula. It is, uh, doesn't do anything super special, but it's not, you know, bad. It's just as mundane. It's normal. Right up from that is the groovy tier. That's for episodes we like a lot, have a lot of fun with, but just are not quite good enough to fit into that very top echelon, which is the golden scoop tier, the absolute best of the best, the cream of the crop, the best that Scooby-Doo has to offer. Roxy, where are you thinking for this episode? Um, I think that under... A circumstances that are a little different this is could easily be a golden scoop but i think because of some issues i have with it it has to be dropped down to a groovy for me i agree i agree there are a few things that are just like okay this is kind of a mess but it is still very fun and i i would definitely recommend it i assume you would as well I, um he, you know yeah it, it is just if you're a fan of scooby-doo or even remotely interested in it it's just like one of the oddest little corners of the entire history of this cartoon. And I think it's super yeah. interesting. And um, clearly I think that if, if this kind of idea was given a couple more iterations, as opposed to just immediately being scrapped, I think that they could have really hit something because you can tell that they're kind of like, there's some growing pains here, but I really like it. Yeah. I agree. Me too. Um, yeah, uh, you know, if for some reason you made it this far into the episode and you didn't actually watch it, um, you know, check it out on Tubi. It's there. Tubi it's TV. Fun. Um, Roxy, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. I like talking about uh, a silly episode of this dog cartoon. It was very nice. <laughs> me too. Me too. Do you have anything you want to plug or any social media, anything like that? Uh, yeah, so I actually have two podcasts of my own. Um one is currently running me and a friend uh review each week's new star wars releases mostly comics Ooh. but also books and uh soon to be shows that is it's called where there's a wills there's a podcast uh you can find Great us thing. Great thank thing. you thank you you can find us uh anywhere uh but also on twitter at Willscast. um and then my second podcast uh which is actually kind of my main one it's on hiatus currently it's called it came from a basement me and two other friends uh, have a mysterious DVD binder that was, uh, as the show goes, delivered to us by the turning wheel of fate. Basically, we found a DVD binder that has 96 discs in it, and we go through the entire thing. Uh, we're about two-thirds of the way through it uh, right now. Um, that is available anywhere. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at BasementCast. Also, our website, it came from a basement.com. Um a fun show and then if you just that sounds really good i want to listen to that very thank soon. you we actually uh we also have a patreon with that that we um take requests and we did review a scooby-doo movie on there we reviewed uh oh. scooby-doo and um i forget what the name of it is it's the vampire one in mexico not mexico australia with the hex girls legend of the vampire yeah yes. we talked about legend yes. of the vampire we had some fun with that um yeah we there's some weird movies that we cover on that on that program 
Uh, I think we're going to record an uh, episode tomorrow on the movie Heebie Jeebies from 2005. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, check it out. Um, and if you want to just follow me on Twitter, I'm at TransGirlRoxy on Twitter. I mostly retweet stuff, but I have links to all of those things I just mentioned there. Awesome, awesome. All right, you know, you meddling kids out there, check that stuff out. That all sounds really cool. Um, Thank you. I know I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, you can, if you, for whatever reason, want to follow me, you can do so at the Real Brandine on Twitter. You can follow the show at Heavy Metal Pod on Twitter as well. If you liked the episode, you know, like the episode, rate it on whatever app you use for your podcast, leave a review. If you liked it, I would really appreciate that. And as always, to all you meddling kids out there, remember to stay cool.